God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. He is truly amazing. Yes, Lord. Find somebody, high five them real quick. Let them know that you're glad that they're here. We are going to jump right in. Amen. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so excited to be back with you and to see uh, all of your beautiful smiling faces um, in the house today. Um, didn't Brother Des do an amazing job last week uh, preaching? <laughs> Calling Brother Des, that feels so informal, <laughs> but um, amazing word. Um, that he brought, I had a chance to listen to it um, on the podcast. I also want you to, to just give a round of applause to um, Tamara Foreman. Um, she did an amazing job with the kids last week. Um, and anytime we start to, to try and instill vision into our young people, I get excited. And so when I heard about her wanting to do that with the kids, my spirit leaped and I got to see we'll be showing you more of that next week. Um, some pictures of, of what they did, but I'm just so excited about it. We got to start early. How many of you know sometimes if we would got an early start, we'd be further along than we were? But that's okay. We can't get caught up um, in the fact that sometimes we can't start over. We just have to have the faith to start where we are. Can we say amen? Also, just by way of, of a note, um, you'll be hearing more about this, but what we're going to try to do is um, mark this down on April 11th, on April 11th. Um, we want to have a uh, church picnic, Easter picnic. It's a Saturday. Um, we'll be giving you more information about that, but I'm excited. We're going to be playing games, and I'm going to tear something. I'm going to pull a muscle or something, um, but I'm excited about that. Y'all ready to get into the Word today? Um, I've I got to be honest with you as I, I begin to share this with you. Um, many places, and, 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 and I applaud them for doing this. This is a good season to do this. Many places are... Um, in their relationship series right now, either talking about um, marriages or relationships and things like that. But uh, personally, in, in prayer, I just didn't feel like God wanted me to go that way um, this month. I thought there were some other things that he wanted to deal with us on um, individually. And as I came out of the fast, um, or the 21-day fast, and we're going to get into the Word, but I could not. My spirit was arrested because he just, the Lord kept dealing with me that he's, and sharing with me that his people are distracted. Um, his people are distracted. And why is that important? Because every ounce of discouragement and disappointment and depression and things like that that the enemy seeks to bring, it many times it starts with a distraction. And what's a distraction? It's, a, it's something that, that the enemy uses to take your attention off of what's important at the time and put it somewhere else. And when that happens, then our faith, have you ever been there where your faith began to get low because you started to focus on something that maybe, um, it, it was big to you. I'm not minimizing it, but God says, look, this really isn't the most important thing right now. I'm trying to get you here, but you're focused on here. You, maybe you, you're having trouble figuring out how to make your bills or your relationship work or your job or whatever is going on in your mind. And, and so the enemy will get you focused on how am I going to do this? And then you get all this weight. You ever have weight, just weight 
on you. you, you is it just me that felt that or y'all feel that? So I just, just wait all the time. Like, I want to serve God. I want to have joy. I want to have peace. But I feel so much heaviness. It's almost like something is pressing me down. And I want you to make a note of this. It always starts with a distraction. Um, I was sharing with Fathom Church last week. I put it this way. It starts with the heart. The enemy will try to distract your heart so he can get you off of your focus. I, if you're like me, it can happen this fast. <laughs> Like you're running, you're excited, you're enthusiastic, you're passionate about what you feel God wants to do in your life, and then one poke in the wrong area in your life, and all of a sudden, all of your attention is focused somewhere else. All of your faith is in the garbage can. All of your encouragement, you, you're seeking and struggling. Trying. Can we be real in here today? Because when we lose focus and when we get distracted, that's when accidents happen. Um, Many times you've been there, I, hope, I don't believe anybody in the church has been the one, but you've been there where you out on 295 and you happen to look over to the person driving and they're not even looking at the road because they're distracted, because the like and the share can't wait or the text can't wait and so they're distracted and they don't even realize that they're headed for an accident because their intention is in the wrong place. Watch this. This is just, this is just extra as we get into the word, but... What we attend to will remain. <laughs> what we neglect always leaves. <laughs> think about your own life. What you attend to. Think about things you lose in your house. You ever, I'm one, man. Sometimes I, I get frustrated when I can't find my keys. But why did I lose my keys? I lost them because I didn't pay attention to what, right? where I put them. Some of us, the loss that we've experienced in our life wasn't the enemy, and this is the hard, the good stuff is coming, but this is the hard part. We lose things because we don't pay attention to them. And we lose things because we don't pay attention to where they are. Mm, is this, this helping anybody in here? But when we attend to something, we know the condition of it. And we know what we need to do to help it to cultivate and to be healthy and, and to grow. One of the things that can make you feel um, discouraged and defeated is when there's something that's important to you, but people close to you act like they don't care about it. And it can distract you from the fact that God is in control. And so I thought about the life of Jesus. We're in this series of, of now and forever. And so I thought about this, this Jesus that we claim to worship Every Sunday, when we lose our faith, we've got to reminded that, be reminded of just simple things, like he was born of a virgin. How does that happen? Like if that happened in our family, some of us would give the side eye, like, yeah, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing happened. It's just kid just showed up. <laughs> but Jesus, born of a virgin. Then he ends up on the scene and John showing up at a, at a wedding and his mother. How many of you know some, some, some things that nobody can get you to do, your mama can get you to do? Jesus shows up. He just shows up, and they run out of wine. And his mom's like, Jesus, they don't have no wine. And Jesus like, that. that's not my problem. You ever been there? Somebody brought up something to you like, that's not my problem. She just completely ignores him, and she's like, do whatever he tells you to do. And next thing you know, he turns water into wine. I'm like, who can do that? I can't do that. You can't do it. But we serve a God who can take nothing and make it something. This ought to encourage our faith. When we feel like we don't have anything, you know, he can take something from nothing. Then he meets these guys who are blind, and he spits on dirt, makes mud, tells them to rub it on their eyes, and all of a sudden they can see. 
doesn't make sense. He goes and tells a guy who's got a withered hand, stretch out your hand, and then it's made whole again. I mean, you, you have, when you lose hope, you've got to think about, see, we think about how are we going to work it out, but we've got to put our focus on the Jesus who can straighten out withered arms, heal blinded eyes, open unstop deaf ears, turn water into wine. Why am I saying all of this? Because it's not only important for us to know that, but it's important for us to instill that into the next generation. Because if we, don't in, if we don't instill into our next generation the importance of faith, the importance of the fact that when we step into the presence of God, we step into a place where the impossible becomes possible. You know, so that those things that we're looking at, well, we don't know how they're going to work out. We don't know how they're going to turn out. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? I serve a Jesus who specializes in the impossible. Like, impossible isn't even a part of his vocabulary. Like, when people came in contact with him, and they're like, Jesus, if it, if it be your will and if it's possible, can you heal my son? And Jesus first corrects their theology and says, it is my will and it is possible, be healed. You, you know, so we sit there begging God saying, if it's, if it's this, if it's that, can you do this? But he says, you are in my presence. You're, the, you're in the place where it's only the realm of possibility. Like, do you, do you, does it make sense to you now that you actually serve a God that doesn't understand the impossible? Like for us, like you, you, if you're like, you may be facing a thing or two in your life, like a wall that you're up against, like, I don't know how we're going to do this. You ever been there? Like, like, and then it's not just you, then your friends and join in or your, your mate join in. I don't know how we're going to do this. You, and then you, and then you start pointing fingers. You're going to have to figure something out. <coughs> <laughs> y'all too safe, man. But you know how you, y'all are on the same team till you reach an impossible situation, and then you got to figure this out. <laughs> now, how about we pray and look to the one who specializes in the impossible and just trust him to move in our situation? Like, it, 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 he could take two fish and five loaves and feed 5,000 men plus women and children and have some leftovers. But we're worried about what we're going to eat. Tell somebody God can do it. This ain't this not deep. I'm just trying to build your faith before I preach. Like, because if you if you face an impossible situation, like I don't know how he's ever gonna do it for me. Yes, I'm believing he's gonna do it for you, but inside, man, I you know, it's it's easier, let's be real, to have faith for somebody else. Man, they're going through this this sickness, man. We just gonna believe God for their healing until it visits your house. And then it gets tougher. Because now it's personal, it's about me. But even in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my trouble, I got to say, God can do the impossible, no matter what. And, and you know, the other thing is, he's not even limited to our own timetable. I just feel like I'm helping somebody. I, I'm not in my notes yet, but, but he doesn't even, he's not even relegated to our timetable. God, I need you to move by Tuesday. And God says, you know what, I'm so much God that since you need me to move by Tuesday, I'm going to show up Wednesday at 12.01 a.m. and work it out in your life. And you know what? It's still going to be okay. Come on. I, I just try. I just, I got up and, and I got notes, but I just wanted to spend a few minutes just building, your, building my faith, man, because, like, how much, how many of you know sometimes, have you ever been there where you had, at the end of the month, you had more building money? Or that y'all too deep for that? Everything is, you got, you got it all together all the time? You know, you get, oh, man, I, I know I got to pay this rent, man, but I want to go to the restaurant. <laughs> I'm going to eat and then trust God. <laughs> no, but for real, 
you know, even when you get, even in those tight moments, you got to lean on things like no good thing will he uphold, uh, withhold from those who walk uprightly. You got to go to things like David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. You know, you got to go to those old things that the grandmothers in the church used to say when they said, you know, um, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seat begging for bread. So I know it's tight, but I serve a God who don't understand tight. So it's, it's like this, when we were kids, some of us when we were kids, it's, and Joy, Joy started this. My kids started this with me. It's like, Dad, uh, can we go to the store? I'm like, for what? She's like, I want you to buy me. I want to buy something from Walmart. I'm like, you got money? She's like, <laughs> she's like yeah, I got your money. <laughs> but by faith, she understood something. Watch this. She understood something that some of us believers have a problem with, that if Daddy's got money, then I got it. I don't know who that's. I mean, if Daddy's got healing, then I got it. If Daddy's got peace then I got it. If daddy's got instruction and I got, as long as my daddy got it, I'm good. So, see, see, the problem is, is sometimes we, we can't come in church and take the mask off and just be real and have fun with some of this stuff. But the reality is, is that when we dig into the scripture, we find I don't have to be deep. Oh, how are you going to do this? Daddy's got it covered. I don't know when, but daddy, he, he got it figured out. See, see, some of us, thou God in heaven, we got to say it like that. No, I just, I'm, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Uh, we got a problem here. Daddy's got my relationship covered. Daddy's got my mind covered. Daddy's got my money covered. See, we got, we got to do it like that. Say this word. See, this is the truth about being relevant. See, being relevant is trying to do what everybody else does. Being relevant is saying that, no, I serve a God whose word is complete. His word is perfect. His word can't fail. So I'm just, I don't have to be deep with it. I can just tell you God is going to take care of it. And this is what we need to instill, not only into our own lives, into the lives of the next generation. This is what we need to instill in our, our fellow brothers and sisters. Because how many of you know we're not on the cloud all the time? You know, we're not on the mountaintop all the time. You know, I, I get nervous at some of these, you know, messages I hear that, you know, you're always on the mountaintop and everything is okay. And just, you know, like, if you just have faith, you're always on the mountaintop. But my Bible tells me he's God in the valley too. Which means he didn't become any less God when you got into your struggle. He didn't become any less God when you made your mistake. He didn't become any less God when you said that thing that you wouldn't say in here. Because some of y'all, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you hear some of y'all like, yes, I'm saved. Then somebody try you, man. <laughs> you ever seen the emojis with the little, um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know they cussing. You know? <laughs> they got mad. They're like, forgive me. You know, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to get upset. You just pushed my buttons. I love you, but you know how to push my buttons. But reality is, is that if God is everywhere present all the time and he's all powerful and he's all knowing, that means that he's able to step into my situation and work it out. He's able to do what I can't do. He's, got, he, he, he's already figured out what I'm trying to figure out. See, some of y'all are listening to me right now, but you're trying to figure out certain things. This is how the human mind works. How is God going to do this? How is this going to work together? How are we going to figure this out? And you realize that you're stressing over something he's already got under control. He's, he's that much God. Now, you're trying to figure out a problem, and he's already solved it. So what he's saying is don't focus on the problem. Focus on me. And, and you need brothers and sisters in Christ who redirect you to that all the time because it's just like my, my four-year-old. We out sometimes. I try to get her out the house and get some energy out of her, and then she, 
will kind of go a different direction than I'm going at the time, and I got to take her and just, let's go this way. And she don't, you know, she just, and I got to redirect her. But you need brothers and sisters. You need people who are close to you who will redirect you back to where it is. Now and forever, building for generations. God calls us to make room for the promise. We got to make room for the promise. And the problem that I found as we open this year and come out of fasting is that God wants to do things in our life. He wants to do a lot of things in our life, but some of us refuse to make room. We, make, we don't make room in our minds. We don't make room in our hearts. We've got our own agenda, our own routine, our own way of the way we think God's got to do it. And God says, as soon as you let me interrupt your plan, I'll step in and fulfill my promise. And our problem is sometimes not even that we don't know what the promise is, but God says, I'm going to make you this promise, but I'm going to do it my way, not yours. And so we actually think that the, the, this gospel message, this Christian life is God partner with me so that we can do what I want. And God is saying, no, I've got a promise on your life. I've got a purpose on your life. So what I need you to do is make room, surrender, give up your own ideas, your own mindset so that I can step in and do something. Watch this. When you do that, God will give you friends you didn't even realize. See, the folk that you like in your own mind, you might not ever associate with on your own just because you wouldn't cross paths. God says, no, wait a minute. If you want to do it my way, maybe you need to say hello to somebody you wouldn't normally say hello to. Maybe you need to step out of your circle. Maybe if you had a conversation with somebody, you would discover that you have more things in common than you have apart. And I say this many times, people miss what God wants to do in their life, and they miss gifts that he's trying to bring to them because they don't like how they're packaged. And we miss out because we simply won't get to know more, watch this, this is how you make room, to know more about somebody than we already know. Never complain about what you don't have when you can prepare for what God wants to give you. And see, here's, here's, here's the thing. What, what happens is, is if, if we're not careful, we will look around, we'll look on social media, we'll look at other people, we'll, 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 we'll make comparisons, and, we'll make, and, and what happens is we lose our joy because we get so upset with all of this stuff that we don't have and that we can't do and that everybody else has and that everybody else can. You, 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 you been there? This is what you do. You look at it, and then you talk to the people in your life, and you're like, oh, man, I sure wish I had that. But what if, God, what if what God has for you is better than what you're looking at and jealous of and envious of and won't talk to people about and compare and fight over about? What if what he has for you is so much better and so much more? What if, you know what, what if you saw God do something for somebody else and instead of talking about them, you celebrated them? When you celebrate somebody else's blessing and the good that's happening in somebody else's life, you're making room for God to do something in your life. You know, so I like that. Anytime, and I've said this in this church before, anytime God is blessing somebody next to you, you ought to get excited because that means he's in your neighborhood. Amen. You know, we miss the whole point. We sit there like, man, it's so close, but I can't touch it. No, that means God is close. He's in the neighborhood, and I need to pull on my praise a little bit more. I need to pull on my worship a little bit more because he's close. Amen. And if he's close and he did it, watch this, and he did it for them, whatever he wants to do for me, he can do. Say what God, say this for me, what God has for me, is for me. Don't you realize when God something has something for you, it's nothing the enemy can do? All he can do is talk you out of your faith to, to believe what God has already promised you. But he can't, he can't harm you. He can't harm you. All right. 
The voice you listen to is the voice you'll believe. The voice you believe is always the voice you'll follow. This is so important. Voice you listen to, what you give ear to is what you'll believe on a consistent basis. So my question as we're going through this message is what has your attention? What is it? What are the thoughts and the words that are being repeated in your mind and in your heart on a regular basis? Because if you listen to them long enough, I don't care how strong you think you are, that's what you're going to believe. That's why you can wake up in the morning believing it's going to be a good day, and all it takes is one phone call, one text, one Facebook message for you to say, man, forget it. You can't listen to everything. If you're going to, be what, if you're going to do everything that God wants you to do in this life, you can't give ear to everything. There's sometimes that, that, that you got to walk away from it, and, and sometimes I don't, I don't care if I offend people with this. You start talking foolishness, I just keep on moving. Because there's too much that God wants to do for me to let you infiltrate and contaminate my faith. No, he's, he's showed me a picture of what he wants to do. He's, he's beginning to build faith in me. So if, I got, if I'm going to forfeit it by listening to you, I'm sorry. We got to talk later. God's wisdom seldom looks like man's wisdom. His wisdom seldom looks like man's wisdom. This is, this is critical because God will deal with you um, to do things in a way that maybe everybody else isn't doing them. And this is where we get um, in, a, in a struggle. And I'm saying, no, get advice, get sound advice, get wise counsel and do those things. All those things are important. But what if God is dealing with you in a different vein? You know what I mean? What if he, he's saying, look, no, for your family, this is how I want to work in you. This is what I want to do in your life. Some of us are so hooked on our own routine, we can't even hear God. We're so hooked on our own way. We're so hooked on whether this one or that one is going to agree with the way he's dealing with me that we'll miss God because we can't. God, God says, no, I want you to do it this way. You, you, God said, no, I want you to forgive this person, but you listening to the joker said, no, I would never forgive that sorry person no matter what. And that forgiveness is the key to your blessing. And then watch this. Some of us, God says, don't worry about what anybody else is doing. But us, we get all caught up and upset with what somebody else is doing that's hurting them and not you. You ever been there? I'm not going to lose my joy over you choosing to do what you want to do. And some of us, we can get free this morning with this right here. You know, if you're going to choose a certain path, are, are you with me? If you're going to choose a certain path in your life, no matter what I say to you, no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I encourage you and tell you to keep going, if you are determined to run in that wall, then I got to leave you in, as the old mother say, I got to leave you in the hands of the Lord. <laughs> That's what they say. You're gonna, I'm just going to leave you in God's hands. Now, I'm still going to pray for you. I'm still going to love you. But, you know, you hit that wall enough, you'll turn around and come back. And, and anyway, Isaiah. Shout for joy, O barren one, you who have borne no child. Break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud, you have not travailed, for the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. Remember I said that God's wisdom sometimes doesn't look like man's wisdom. And this here in, in, in Isaiah 54, this is what God is he, he's saying, shout for joy, O barren one. Barren one, somebody who's never given birth. They want to give birth to something. They've never given birth to it. And God is saying, shout for joy, which is the direct opposite of what this world would tell you. They tell you, don't say anything until God already does it. 
No, I don't want to get myself, watch this, I don't want to get myself, I've been there, I don't want to get myself out there and say what I believe God is going to do and then be embarrassed when folk laugh at me and he didn't do it. Am I by myself? Out on that diving board. God pushing me out on that diving board by faith. I'm going to do this. But still I'm looking to the side at the onlookers and the spectators who won't do anything themselves. And I'm worried about what they're going to think if I take that jump. Listen, life is too short for us to be worried about what other people are going to say about what God is trying to do in my life. Sometimes you just got to be like Nike and just do it. Faith speaks to what God has promised before it sees what God has promised. So this is, this is God's wisdom is unconventional. He'll, you, you say, be quiet until he does it. And God says, no, talk about what I'm going to do regardless of what they say. This is why somebody like Noah could make a fool of himself to everybody else. God says, go build an ark the size of three football fields for you and your family to go in because it's going to rain and nobody's ever seen rain before. And everybody laughed at him until he started raining. Sometimes you got to be willing, I'm being real this morning, you got to be willing to be ridiculed to walk in the promise. God never called us, watch this, he never called us to blend in and just be like everybody else all the time. And it's the hardest thing to get believers to understand because we want to be comfortable all the time. He'll bring you through seasons of comfort, but there's times when you walk by faith and it's very uncomfortable because you know what he's going to do, but you don't know how he's going to do it. So I'm out here talking about my God and how he's powerful. He's going to do this for me and he's going to bring this about, but I really can't figure it out. And what if I get myself out there and I told everybody God is going to do this? And then folks start asking about it. You ever been there? Folks are asking, oh, you, you said God was going to do this. And, they, and they, they, they poke at Have you ever met people that they poke at you? And they're like, well, you, you did say God was going to do this. Has he done it yet? And we got to be comfortable saying, I'm still standing in faith. I'm still believing God. If God does it 10 years from now, he's still true to his word. I'm willing to wait on his, say this with me, perfect timing. I don't want anything that God didn't give me, and I don't want it before he wants me to have it. So faith speaks what God has promised before it sees what it promised. Also, God calls us to be bold even when there's no visible proof of what he's promised. He call, he's called us to be bold. So when I sit there and I tell him I'm believing that God can do this and that he can bring people out of the bondages that they're in and that he can save people who never heard anything about Jesus. And, and you start talking about all these things that you believe that he can do, that we can, um, you know, one day plant churches in other countries. And, and you start talking about this crazy stuff. People say, well, how are you going to do that? It was never up to me to do it. If God put it on our hearts to do something, then we just got to speak it and trust him to do it. But what I find is that there are people who would rather be miserable in their unbelief than be joyful in their faith. All I got to do to maintain my faith is have something I can look to. <laughs> something that God has shown me that I can keep looking at. So what is our prayer sometimes? Like that whole time we were fasting, the only thing that I was really praying to God is, God, let, I need to see and I need to hear. So give me an instruction, give me a picture. And I'll pursue it and I'll, and I'll keep going. Sometimes all you need to keep going is a little something to look at. 
we're called to be moved only by what we believe, not by what we see. So you got to be moved by, by what you believe. And, and here's the reality is whether you realize that principle or not, this is at work in your life right now. You're moved by exactly what you believe. If you believe that God doesn't have any good for you, that things aren't going to work out for you, if things are always going to be miserable for you and depressed for you, if you, move, if, you, if you believe that, that's exactly how you moved. But if you believe that even in the midst of your pain and your struggle and, your, and, and sometimes you, you ever felt like you had a barren season where nothing was really producing like you wanted it to produce and, and things like that, even in those things, you got to see it can't last forever. Watch this. When you plant something, you ever planted anything? Anybody ever plant anything? When you plant something, Dave, don't the roots grow down before they grow up? So God is growing things in your life in a way you can't see before he grows them in a way that everybody else can see. And if you understand that process, you can keep going because you need the roots to grow down first so that you can sustain what you're trying to grow. Somebody missed that. So we get so excited because why, we, why, this is what happens. I'm just going to be real. People get in a new relationship, and you know the first thing they do? They go to Facebook and say, in a relationship. <laughs> because the biggest reward for them for something like that is the fact that somebody else can see what they've done, even though, watch this, no roots have grown down yet. So how about before you blast it, let some roots grow down first so that what you blast can be sustained? And this is what happens. So you got to understand, the faith that God is planting in you, don't be discouraged by what you see in your life right now. I don't know who I'm helping right now. Don't be discouraged by the things that God put in your heart to do, the things that you believe, because you can't see the manifestation of them right now because they're growing down first. That's prophetic for somebody today. There's things that are growing down in your life first because God needs you to say this, stabilized. We can't be moved by everything. That's why the roots have to grow down. That's why you got to take your time. And, and that's why I say it's okay to actually become friends with somebody and get to know them. The, the people in here with you, listening to the word, get to know somebody. Because that's how your roots grow now. There's somebody else who can pray for you and help pray you through when you're going through something. I, I, I despise pretentious and superficial relationships. Despise them. Don't ask me how I'm doing if you don't care. Don't tell me you're praying for me if you're not praying for me. I, you ain't got to pray for me all day. <laughs> but please, please, please don't tell me you are if you're not. Please at least throw my name up towards heaven. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, even if you wake up, just Lord, bless him. Or that prayer some of y'all do when, when somebody gets on you, just bless their heart. <laughs> Just bless the pastor heart anyway. <laughs> Some of y'all inside don't want to say anything because you're like, I'm that person. I'm the one always posting the praying hands and don't pray. But get to, get to know somebody and love a friend enough to actually spend a minute saying, Lord, do something in their life. Open their eyes that they can see. Open their ears that hear. Open their heart that they can understand. Move in their home. Move in their marriage. Move in their... You know, you could do all of that in five minutes. And God will honor that. And watch this. Even your prayers are seed. So you're praying for them, and God is looking out for you. Some of the things you, God did for you, you didn't even ask him for. He just did it because you, you obeyed him in something else. See, I get excited when the bless. See, there's some blessings that are coming in your life that you know they're coming just because of what you did. But there's some other ones. God just good to you for no reason. 
like stuff you don't even realize. He protect you from stuff you didn't even realize. He didn't let you get involved in that business deal that would have killed you. That person you thought was you going to be your, your, you know, oh yeah, I need, that's the one I need in my life. And God said, eh. <laughs> got something better for you. <laughs> I can't let you get entangled in that. And, and if you got entangled, God is so good to you and love you so much that he, there's redemption. So he, whether you, some people leave the church when you say this, if they didn't do you right, he got somebody else for you. He'll have somebody else for you. People leave. Watch this. Be, don't write me an email, Pastor. Well, you know the Bible says that. You know the cross. Watch this. The cross, that thing that he died on and shed his blood. That means there's redemption, and it washes away not some of my, right? But it washes away everything. So the blood and the cross makes everything new. Stop living in a place that God already left. Right believing leads to right behaving. And the problem is if we, we get frustrated because we try to get people to behave right, we need to get them to believe right first. So uh, you, you, you're frustrated, you're arguing over what people won't do. No, let, let's not focus on their actions. Let's get them back to what do you believe? Because what you believe is why you're doing what you're doing. You know, when you believe, watch this, that somebody in your life is valuable to you, then you behave in a way that they're valuable to you. Is this real? Is this, we're just talking. I'm not, I'll preach in a minute. We're just, we just talking, having a conversation. You know, right believing, no. You know, there's something in us as believers that have to believe. Even I look around and, and I'm like, man, every single person I look at, y'all important to me. I love y'all. I pray for I don't just tell you I pray for you. I pray for you. If you want to stop and have a conversation, I'm walking. We can stop and have a conversation and we'll talk until God moves. That's, that's just how I am because I care and I value you. Now, if I got to go, you know, do something or you know, get a breath mint or something first, y'all have to hold on a minute. But, you know, what I'm saying is, is we got to show, our actions always show what we believe. That's my point. So we want to believe right so we'll act right. Don't, don't get in all these silly arguments on your job and your house over what somebody's doing. Let's focus on it. Get them, get them, get them refocused on believing right. You know, if you believe something is possible, you'll act like it's possible. And sometimes you just need somebody in your life to show you what's possible. Because once they show you what's possible, it's hard to go back to a life of unbelief. It is, once they show you that you can have a meaningful relationship with God, and once, once somebody actually tells you that your relationship with God is not based on your car, how big your house is, or how much money you have, or, or this, once somebody shows you that, it's hard to go back to some of that foolishness. You know, God, he, God loves you enough to do certain things for you. You know, we're not, we're not like, no, God just doesn't want to do anything for you. But it's not all wrapped up in that. And when you finally find a community of people of like-minded faith who show you that it's hard to, 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 it's just like, here's the best way I could describe it by way of illustration. I like to paint word pictures. After Friday night football games, I go to the Waffle House. Any Waffle House people? No, just me. Okay, all right. I go to the Waffle House and I get two, two steak and egg uh, breakfast, whatever you want to call them. And man, I thought those things were so good till I went to a real steakhouse. <laughs> man, I would get them every Friday night, eating them. It was so good. And then I'd go to one of these ones, we got a gift card, because that's the only way I'm going to like one of these. <laughs> that's a 
going. Other than that, I'm gonna admire it from the road. And the people know, but give me a gift card, I'll be there. I'm there for it. And I want the biggest one you got. Give me the biggest ribeye you got, right? They never had it before, but. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I took the bone home. I took the bone home, it was that good. Point is, when you come into a real, authentic relationship with God, the phony and the fake don't work anymore. You, you can't even do you can't even, it's hard to do it. Long as phony and fake and putting on pretentious and acting like you're a believer and really not, acting like you got joy and you really don't, that, you know, that, that it just doesn't work. And, you know, you can do that as long as it's okay. But once you come into real joy, it's hard to fake it. Real joy means that in the midst of whatever's going on in my life, I still know he's got it. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen the cords. Strengthen the pegs. The word enlarge means to make or become bigger or more extensive. So God actually wants you to, to extend. Here's the spiritual application. Extend your capacity to receive from him. He's a God. God don't. Sometimes you got to remind people, God don't really need anything from you because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But what he does, he wants you to increase your capacity and your, your faith to receive what he has for you. And, you, know, you know, sometimes when God tries to bring something in your life, if you've been hurt a lot or you've been rejected a lot or you've been betrayed a lot, stabbed in the back a lot, what happens is we tend to push away what God is trying to do in our life. We push away from because everything good makes us suspicious. You ever, you ever been there like that? Yeah. What's your angle? Let me just be honest with you. I'm, I'm a pastor, but I'm not stupid enough to believe that when I talk to people and love people, sometimes in their mind, what does he really want? You know? So I just love people. I, I just love you anyway till you realize I really don't want anything from you. I just want you to have a relationship with God that changes your life and helps your home and improves your job and lets you have joy even when the enemy's breaking loose in your life. You can go through hell in your life, and if you got God on your side, you'll make it through it. Lengthen. That word means to grow, to draw out, to, pros- to, to, to prolong. So there's deep thing that Isaiah is actually saying in here is I want you to put yourself in a position where the blessings in your life are not only like right now, but they're prolonged. They're, they're past just material things. I want to do something in your life that lasts. I like to buy cheap batteries. I'm just being honest with you. There's, some, there's an appeal about, you know, you can get the good ones, you know, but cheap batteries, man, you get a whole bunch of them for the same price you can get. <laughs> they, they don't like it when I do that. But <laughs> you can get four good ones for the same price you get 30 cheap ones. <laughs> and there's a fake appeal. Just, I told you, I'm going to be real. There's a fake appeal to that because you get a bunch of stuff that don't last long. Or you can invest in something that will. Our relationship with God, he wants us to, to, to make room in a way that it's more than a one-night stand. I know that sounds harsh. More than a, you know, can I come through? That's what some of them say. Now, let me, you know, it took me, I had to, I had to, I had to have people explain to me what that meant. They call, I'm like, hey, can I come through? I'm like, what the? Come through? <laughs> oh. 
No, you're not ready for what God wants to do. <laughs> Strengthen. To fashion, to fortify, to secure, to repair, to make mighty and courageous. This is what we do to prepare for what God wants to do in your life. If everything moves you off of your position with God, you are not ready for what he wants to do. Some things move us because we're human. But because I, I, I love you and I have to tell you, everything can't move you all the time and you're not ready. When I used to be an assistant principal, I would always, because I, I had a responsibility to, basically I, I, I was in a part where I did hiring for people. I, I didn't have to go to anybody else. If I wanted that person, then I would hire them. I always hired for attitude more than skill. Every single time. Why? Because I can teach you a skill. I can't teach you attitude. And your attitude will push people away. So you can learn a skill but I always, see, it's an intangible. It's an intangible. And so when we're talking about preparing for promise, what we're strengthening, we're securing, we're repairing those things that will help us keep, watch this, keep what God wants to give us. What good is him giving us something if we can't keep it? What good is it? We go to God and fast and in prayer for something we can't, we can't even keep because of things that we let get out of control that we refuse to control. And so I realized, watch this, this is, how many of you, 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 you've had kids in school or you've been in school? The one thing I hated when I came into my office, this helping something, in the morning is to see that red voicemail light on. Because I knew it was some parent calling me about some silly thing some teacher did. That e even if the teacher didn't do it, <laughs> they were going to complain about something the teacher did. And so when I made, watch this, when I made hiring decisions, I'm talking and interviewing people that were going to keep that red light off. Because the more time I had to deal with that red light, I couldn't focus on the things that I needed to. You know, is this helping somebody? So that's what I'm saying. So when we prepare, the problem for some of us is that we don't, it's not that we don't prepare, but we prepare in the areas we want to. And we won't say and go look in the mirror and say, no, this is an issue for me I need to deal with. It's not everybody else's problem. It's my problem. I need to get more courageous in this area. I need to strengthen this area. I need to fortify this area so that when God does this in my life, I won't lose it. Everything and everybody you lost in your life, and this is the thing, I don't want anybody leaving with regret, but everything you lost, you didn't have to lose. And this thing of talking about God is in control, yes, he is. He's very much in control. But some of this stuff, we didn't have to, you know, one text, one phone call, one apology, one act of forgiveness would have kept what God was trying to keep in our lives. But, but this is what I shared with the church last week. Our pride kills more relationships than mistakes ever do. Our own pride. For you spread out abroad to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess the nations and will resettle the desolate cities. We must prepare for what we don't see yet so that we can see what we prepare for. <laughs> we got to prepare for what we don't see yet. That's faith. Got to prepare for what we don't see yet. This is why, you know, you say, God, I'm trusting you to do this. And the old, I, I love to refer to the old, the older saying, because they had the kind of faith that is rare now. But they tell you, oh, you, yeah, you... 
Look like you need a car. Um, you better start. Why don't you go to Walmart and go buy some floor mats? But, but I don't have a car yet. Well, how are you going to show God your faith if you won't even buy $5 floor mats? You know, that's how they talk to you. You know, but my point is, it, it's silly illustration. I don't see it yet, but I got to prepare for what I don't see. When God speaks his promises to us, we often focus on the here and now, and God is always thinking generationally. This is why when he spoke to Abraham, Abraham said, what good is your promise to me? I don't even have a son to give it to. You know, he's saying, but we got to realize that when he speaks to us and he promises us, and so some of the stuff we're going after, let me set some of y'all free. Stop feeling guilty about some of the stuff you're going after because it's not about you. Some of the stuff that you're going after is because you want your legacy behind you to be able to reap the blessing and the benefit of the faith you have right now. Your faith, even right now, as jacked up as some of us may feel we are, we're here because we stand on somebody else's shoulders. Somebody else prayed, somebody else believed, somebody else endured, and that's why we're here right now. No, my life is not perfect. I'm going through things in my life, but I'm here today because God kept me and somebody else prayed for me. And so we got to realize that the kids that I'm looking at, my kids that I'm looking at, and the future that I believe God has for them, a lot of it right now, they're too young to understand. So I got to believe for them, watch this, until they can believe for themselves. You want them to be able, when they reach 18, 19 years old, and they've got to make a move by faith, or they've got to make a decision by faith, or they've got to make a godly decision, you want them to be able to look at you and say, I know what mama did. I feel this in my spirit, man. It's so important because I see kids' faith ruined early because we want to put our unbelief on them. We want to put our own tests on them. Instead, we spend more time telling them what we went through instead of how we came through it. So we, you, we got to be honest with them about the trial. No, this is what we went through. This is what we had to believe God for. But this is how God brought us out of it. You know, it's crazy. Some of the stuff that we went through as, as a family, I didn't know the significance of it until I was old. And I said, well, man, we had to believe God through that. You know, you go and... and getting groceries and things from the mission and everything. And you, as a kid, you think it's just as good as anybody, anything else. Yeah, I mean, they look like ruffles, you, you know, so you think it's good like anything else. But you realize that there was a season that you had to go through. And when your parents explained to you how you had to believe God and how he brought you through it, now when you remember these things, you can have the same faith when God brings these situations in your life. Okay, fear not, for you will not be put to shame. And this is what I was talking about at the beginning. This is why we fear. We fear because inside there's a selfish part of us that doesn't want to be put to shame in front of other people. It's just the way it is. We don't, I don't want to be embarrassed, so I'm not going to put myself out there. No, you know what? If, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down believing God. You know what I mean? If, it, I, I ref, if, if I'm not going to let unbelief be my death. I'm going to believe that everything that he's put in front of me, that he showed me, I'm going after. And even if it's not in the timing that maybe I want it, I'm just going to keep believing until I see it come to pass. And you know what? People make fun of me. That's all right. You laugh, you laugh at me until I walk into the promise that he has for me. See, I find that people stop laughing when God actually does it. Do you, do you realize that when you walk by faith and you believe God that there's a possibility that people might talk about you? They might criticize you. They might say you're crazy. There's nobody that grumbles more than a person that don't have any faith. <laughs> 
Fear not, you won't be put to shame and don't feel humiliated for you will not be disgraced. But you will forget the shame of your youth. That's the part I like. Some of us, I've said that I think in this church before. Some of us don't want our whole story told, if we're honest. <laughs> There's a, everybody, every one of us got a part of our life that, that we don't want blasted on the front of the newspaper. <laughs> That's just, let's be real. We don't. And every house, every apartment have at least two closets. That's how I like to put it. So if we open drawers, what will we see? My point is, no matter what was in that closet, you'll forget the shame of your youth. Whatever you did, when you did, when you understand, some, how many be honest say, I did some things when I didn't have really understanding. I just, I, I, I didn't know. I mean, it, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't that I was trying to, but I just didn't know any better. You know, so I, I did them. And some of us right now, you, if we're honest, I made, we're afraid to say I made a mistake because I didn't know any better. And some of us didn't have people in our life to tell us any better. We just did what we do. But you know what they say now? When I know better, <laughs> I do better. So I can forget what was so I can walk into what is and what will be. Can we say amen here? Are you, is anybody being encouraged a little bit by, by? All right. Two people. Great. Um, fear paralyzes us, but faith moves us. Fear will stop you dead in your tracks. You'll want to do something, but you just won't make any move at all because you fear. What if, they, what if they don't receive me? What if they reject what I believe God is putting on my heart? What are they going to say? You know, some of us, it could be the, if we're real, it could be the simplest thing, but we won't share our hearts because we, we fear what people might say. And it paralyzes us, and neither one of us get blessed by something that God put on your heart. I, something like even the, the division board, I'm so glad you did that. I'm so glad you didn't keep it to yourself because kids are blessed. I'm blessed to see it and, and their, their minds are expanded to something that it wasn't before. But if you'd have sat on it, nobody would have been blessed. The walk of faith will never lead us to a place of disgrace and humiliation. That's the reality. When you live by faith, some of the stuff God is telling you doesn't make sense and things like that you're not going to be disgraced. You'll be criticized, you might be talked about, but you won't be disgraced. We must sometimes, and here's the thing, here's the last point, we must sometimes release our dreams so we can pick up his vision. That's the hard part for people, is that sometimes we have to, go on and stand, we're going to worship, um, but you spend your whole life thinking things are going to be a certain way. And this is what I have to help people sometimes, even as a pastor, navigate a lot. You think things are going to turn out a certain way, they're going to be uh, a certain way, and you can't even deal with people who don't do things your way and your way only. Um, and because of that, you miss what God has for you. Sometimes you've got to release. It. Have you ever had to let something go? <laughs> something you tried. You, you were trying and trying, but you just had to... You had to let it go. And God says, as soon as you have the faith to let it go, because watch this. It takes just as much faith to let go as it does to hold on. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. And so sometimes you got to be, you got to be like, what's the girl in the movie, Frozen? And you just got to let it go. Joy got me watching that thing so more than I cared to. But my, my, when you say, God, I trust you enough 
that your vision for my life is so big for me, for my family, for my future, for my kids, for my relationships, for my friendships, for my ministry. Lord, your vision is so much bigger than mine could ever be, that you're the God who can able, is able to do exceedingly, Ephesians 3.20, abundantly above all I could ask or think. When you can honestly say, God, what you have for me is better than what I have for myself, you can say, you know what, as good as this dream looks, give me your vision. I surrender to you. So our prayer, as we bow our heads, Here's what I, I want to know. Just lift your hands. If, if, yeah, we'll do it that way. If you're saying, you know what, God, I, I feel at least strongly enough that you have something for me, for me personally, and that's you, just lift your hands all over. You don't even have to know what it is. You just have to have some, some inkling of the fact that he has something for you. And so as we sing this, I, I want you to realize that you don't any longer have to be a slave to fear, to doubt, to worry. Yes, the enemy will come visit your house a little bit. He'll, he'll stop by and check on you to make sure you're still trusting and believing, but he doesn't have permanent residence there. And so I want you to, as you see the words come up and as they, they, the team leads you in worship, I'm going to pray a quick prayer over you, and then your worship is going to be your offering. Um, your offering prayer today in this invitation time um, that as you sing this that you're set free from fear you're set free from the fear of humiliation the fear of shame the fear of doubt some of you right now as you've been listening to this message you you're like man I stepped out and I did all these things that God um, has been trying to get me to do, and I don't feel like anything's been fruitful. I don't feel like anything's been productive, if we're honest. Look, I'm tired. I'm struggling because, you know, you told me to do this, but when am I going to see the manifestation and the fruit of what you told me to do? And I'm here to encourage you, just hold on. Just keep on moving. Just keep on going. Just keep on believing. Keep on trusting God because, you know, there's a part in this song, like he did with Moses, that you split the sea, and I walk right through it. And then it talks about how all fears and doubts were drowned. I believe that he's going to drown your fears and your doubts today as he worships. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over everybody in here today, Lord, that there's, I know you have a vision, a purpose upon their life. I cast down every stronghold that would keep us from believing, keep us from trusting, keep us from uh, moving in all that you have for us, Lord. And let us declare boldly that we are no longer slaves to fear because we are your children. Your plan for us is good. Your plan for us is perfect. Your timing for us is perfect. And so we, with bold faith today, receive everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.